Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of GORCOM, in which we speak to CEOs, or in this case, founders, about what's going on with the organizations. And this one is a very special interview. It's the second one with Terry Lynch, founder of Save Canadian Mining. That's the lobby group, for lack of a better term, the advocacy group that has been advocating on behalf of small cap issuers and small cap investors in Canada with respect to predatory short selling. They've been fighting that good fight with fantastic data, uh, going to the OSC, the Canadian Security Association, IROC, and all, and even provincial governments. And, uh, and they've got some great movement that took place. October 1st, the Ontario Securities Commission, the OSC and IROC, uh, I won't go through their name too long, issued a press release where they stated, as outlined in joint whistleblower guidance published today, that was October 1st, the OSC and IROC have reason to believe that certain market participants, participants may be engaged in abusive short selling practices. Where are we hearing about that today, hey guys? So we're gonna talk about that. And then they announced this massive bounty on predatory short sellers. Those who provide information to the OSC whistleblower program may be eligible for, for awards up to $5 million for tips that lead to an OSC enforcement action. What's been the effect on that? October 1st to today, the TSX Venture Index, which is the best uh, probably measure of the small cap markets in Canada, up 33.5%. If that's happened to your portfolio, if you're happy with what's happened, yes, we have the OSC and IROC to thank. We appreciate the effort. But who you really have to thank for kickstarting that is Terry and his group at Save Canadian Mining. Terry, welcome back, man. Yeah, it's great to be here, George. Thank you for the... Uh... With a lead, and you know, it, it's uh, it's nice to see things starting to turn in, in the direction of fairness and transparency, and and you know, and and we're seeing what we should see is investors start to benefit from it. You've got to be thrilled with what you're seeing going on south of the border with respect to Wall Street bets, GameStop, and the big short squeeze there. But before we get to that, let's first talk about you guys taking care of business here uh, in Canada first. So the OSC put out that letter with IROC, uh, that bounty letter on October 1st, um, and markets up 33%. How did you guys feel when that came out? And do you feel that that's played a big role in the disappearance of predatory short sellers since then? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think uh, that, that was a great move by the OSC and uh, IROC. Put some, obviously, some much needed spotlight you know, in the mainstream media on the issue. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, no doubt it's, it's, it's moved, you know, what we hear, we've, we've heard it's moved some of the actors uh, in the game south of the border. Um, that may not turn out to have been the best move for them. Good luck there. But, but that's what we heard. We heard some people have literally moved their operations uh, south and, uh, you know, sort of maybe taking some of the, the pressure off uh, I still hear stories from uh, our membership that there's still, it's still, you know, it's still not, uh, still not, uh, the ch there's still not uh, a blue ribbon day yet for, uh, for mining. Their short sellers are still there, but I think they're, uh, they're certainly uh, looking over the shoulders and uh, well, they should be. Um, and then after we spoke, I can't remember if it was before we had our interview or afterwards, the SEC also came down, and I think this happened after we soaked. The SEC yeah. came down and fined Cormark Securities $800,000. Now, that's not a big amount of money, but we're going to talk about the implication, and I want to get your view on this. 
$800,000 for facilitating about $600 million of naked short selling. Yeah. Uh, and the amount wasn't big, but what do you think that does to compliance departments at brokerages all over Canada who are participating in this and now may fear civil action? Well, we, we hope that's exactly what happens is that, that these guys start to wake up and recognize that the, the legal liability they're, they're incurring really without, you know, tremendous physical gain. You know, it's a risk that, that they're, the system is bearing and not, not the, uh, not the, uh, the brokers in, and that's not fair. So I, I you know, I, I don't know the particular details of that case other than obviously what it was. I don't know what stocks they were implicated in and whatnot, but you know, you think of $800,000 fine on a, on a $6 million, $600 million trades. That's like, that's not even, is that 1% just a little over 1%. To be so, precise, yeah. it's 1.33%. Yeah. So, I mean, it's literally, and this is what I found in talking with the major short litigators in the States, this is like considered almost a cost of doing business, you know, because they get away with it a lot of times. So when they do get caught, it's like, mm, well, they got caught and that's the price. And if you think, if you think that uh, Cormark was the only guilty party in Canada, well, you know, you got to give your head a shake. Cor Cormark is fine company in many respects, but they, they there are certainly less than one percent of the the Canadian scene. Yeah, that's so that's, that would be a good rule of thumb to think of that's what if, if if they did six hundred million, there's probably sixty billion happening out there. And and if I do if I do some math right, hopefully this is what's going to happen. If they facilitate six hundred million dollars with a naked short selling and generated, I don't know, even one half percent. I'm not sure if that's correct. I'm gonna that's ten million dollars in fees, two percent. That's twelve million dollars in fees that they that they collected. You know. They're now open. I'm only. I'm wondering if it's only a matter of time, and maybe Save Canadian Mining might lead that, or other companies that are going to go in and use that fine as leverage to get a court order on which companies, because we're in, we're involved in that six hundred million dollars. Because if if it's Georgecom, a, a public listed company, and I see that you know a big part of that was me, I think right away I open up a lawsuit for my cap for my market capitalization loss, which is fifty, a hundred yeah. million dollars, and that dwarfs that 10, $12 million fees. You think that might happen or could happen? You know what, I think that's possible because of the new class action, you know, the, the laws that are now open in, in Canada. Um, we, you know, we we spoke to the number one short litigator in the US who won, has won over uh, over 10 lawsuits of 10 or 11 figures, like, like 10 million plus um, against the major banks, you know, and now he, he won them and we, and we talked to him. In fact, you know, Eric Sprott and I were on the phone with the guy because we were thinking, well, maybe this is one of the things we could do. It's a mining is gear somebody like this up. And, uh, you know, he did say that, you know, even though they, they did win ultimately that these were two or three year trials, exhausting to work because they, they literally have made, they made this system so complex to track down and so difficult, you have to go to freedom of information to get information. They make it impossible to get the information. They, they delete the information. So the guy, the guy, he was, obviously he's a lawyer and he's trying to sell his business, you know, partner with, with people like, you know, uh, that could write checks and, and pay his fees. But he was not, you know, he, he said, there's no walk in the park. So, I mean, that's the practical reality. Sure. Is that thing about justice is, is neither swift nor, necessarily fair at times so um you know I, I i i'm not personally prepared to get involved in that i've you know it's just 
you've done your you've I, done I, your I, part I, now it's up to somebody crazy that's that's not what terry wants to do for fun and you know this is a passion project here where, where i felt i could have an impact and we could work with you know common sense people uh, on a common sense cause and get something you know effective done I'm, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a litigator. I'm, I'm just that's just not my spirit. But speaking of that, you do have some great news on the regulatory front now that just came out. I mean, here we are on Monday and it came out just a couple of days ago, Friday or the week before that. A week, right? a week ago, Friday. Yeah. So so, right. the, so uh, tell us about what what's come about that looks like may have a, a major impact on the. Yes. Yeah, so, so so, of course, the, 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 there, there have been a task force uh, set up the. I think it's called the Ontario Modernization Task Force. Uh, basically, that, that idea was to look at the Securities Act in Ontario and see what they could do to modernize it and, and so that they could create a more effective capital market for Ontario and that, that would hopefully drive investment, drive job creation, increase taxation, et cetera. So very worthy goals. And uh, so the Minister of Finance, uh, you know, uh, hired uh, you know very esteemed committee. Uh, Waleed Solomon from uh, Norton Rose was uh, the principal, uh, the chairman, and you had people like West Hall and Cindy Tripp, and you know, uh, there's five of them, and, and and all very qualified, you know, conscientious people. So they met with a, a bunch of parties, and eventually they met with us as well several times. And so on the predatory short selling, there have other great initiatives, which I won't speak to, but on the predatory short selling, there's really two things that they came back with. I mean, we want it, uh, our holy grail for us is the tick test, okay? We can get into what the tick test is in a second if we need to remind the viewers. But uh, what they came back with, they, they didn't support us on the tick test. They thought it would be, I guess, too complicated and costly uh, to initiate. So we'll leave that aside for a second. I said, okay, uh, you know, what they did come back with was a couple of, of, of things that if they're implemented properly, and that's key, then, then this could have a seriously positive impact on stopping predatory short selling. So the two recommendations, uh, in particular, one was that uh, in, in an offering scenario, that if people subscribe into a, a private placement of an offering, they're going to have to commit and sign a piece of paper that says they have not shorted that stock in advance of the offering. Because we've had too many of the, I mean, that's become just how things get done. And it's terrible because it just drives the shareholder price down. The individual investor never gets to get that benefit. It's just the institutional, just generally the hedge funds that do it. And, uh, you know, the companies get savage because they got no choice but to take them up. Yeah, that's so a that, big, that would that's be a really big, we say that happen all the time. In oh yeah, all the time. Companies all the, it, it's theoretically illegal. It's not supposed to happen, but it's happening. But now they're going to put, you know, they put some thought into how they stop it from happening. And as long as they follow through on that, that'll be fantastic. And now George gets into a private placement and, you know, it's not George are really worried about their yeah. much bigger investors, but, you know, they say, okay, you have to sign a piece of paper that acknowledges you haven't shorted the stock going into this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a big one. Love that. That's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, second, second one is they're they're proposing a change in what they call the settlement rules. So right now in Ontario, you have uh, T plus two days to settle your trade. So in other words, if you bought a stock, you got to give your cash in two days. If you, if you sold a stock, you got to deliver your stock in two days. But there 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 is a provision right now where where you have basically plus ten. In other words, you have another ten days after the first two days to deliver your stock uh, and or theory your cash. Now it's basically supposed, that's supposed to be on an exceptional basis, but we know that this is being routinely used uh, to basically 
It's like I, I say to people, it's like the movie Catch Me If You Can, you know, where we had Leonard DiCaprio writing checks, you know, on various banks. And by the time the bank would get the check, he was gone to the next town. You know, so it's it's it, it's yeah. like this with the with these T plus two plus ten is they just roll it over and they never declare it as a short sale, so it doesn't show up officially as a short sale. So the the, the it doesn't it isn't perceived as a short sale, yet it is a short sale, and they never actually pay for it. And they don't borrow it. It's unbelievable. So, but but they're, what they're going to do now with the proposal is they're going to go to a T plus two plus four. So uh, at the end of four days after the, the bonus, after the two is that either they deliver the stock, they deliver a contracted borrow, or they get bought in by the broker. So if they actually no more cash me if you can, no more cash me if you it's can. A, it's a that, that, that would be there. that would change the, the marketplace. So that would you know look and people have come to me and say, well you know why are you against short selling? I'm saying I'm not against short selling. I've had no problem with short sellers. You know, it's if you want to take a view on a stock and, and do it legitimately and borrow the stock and say, hey, you know, I believe, you know, this stock is going to go down and I'm going to bet against them, but I do it in a legitimate way. That's fine. That's that's I, I agree 100 percent. If George, but, but if you're if you're actually, you know, basically, you know, in advance of an offering, driving down the stock of a company that you know you're going to cover by investing, that's just that's just like robbery. You know, so so uh, it's got to be stopped. It's it's going to ruin the system. And well, that's it's, it's great. It to a great degree. That's great, Terry, that both those things have been proposed. And that was a yeah. week so, ago Friday. So when so do key, we think, what's the word on implementation? What so, What's the process so, here? Yeah, so that's the key word, George, is proposed. So, you know, uh, lots of things are proposed by task forces and never actually get into legislation. So we have to be very, you know, uh, I'm going to be talking to, you know, with the uh, Premier's office here in the next couple of days. You know, you know, we think they're generally supportive of small business and small investors as well. They should be. Plus, they is, want to keep that tax money. They want to keep that money in Canada, right? Because yeah, if I'm it, shorting from a it, from a fund in the Cayman Islands through a Canadian broker. Yeah. Uh, my gains are tax free in the Cayman Islands. Whereas, if you leave George and Terry to make their legitimate profit, the tax money stays here. And I think okay. Ontario needs their their and and Canada yeah. needs their tax dollars here now. Yeah, so so I'm very hopeful they'll 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 focus on this implementation and get it in. We're hoping for the spring budget, and and uh, we hope that they not only implement it but they implement it correctly and make sure the teeth are there, because you know I'll tell you what the other side has more money than God because they've been they've been at this for a long time. So you can be sure they're on the other side. Saying, money you can finance. Let's 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 soften this rule. Let's let's reduce that because they still want to play. They still are making. They still want to make lots of money, these guys. And, 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 you know, we're sick of it. We just want to say, hey, let's get back to capitalism. That's what built this country in the first place. Let's just get back to investors take investment risk, you know, and companies take company risk. It, it, and, you know, we don't have people taking free rides. Uh, let's move on. So we're looking forward to that. Those, that's why we're going to have you back to discuss movement, maybe the next 30, 40 days on how likely it is to get into the spring budget. But Terry, hats off on behalf of all small cap issuers, on behalf of all small cap investors that you and your group, and we should mention, you've mentioned Eric Sprott. There's also Keith Newmeyer, Rob McEwen, and a lot of other. Oh, yeah. No, we've got, we've got a, a, a very, like, we must have 30 or 40 companies now have, have come in and supported us. And, 
and we wouldn't have been able to, you know, because, you know, what do I know about lobbying governments? Zero. So I, I hired like Stasek and Associates. They've done a great job. You know, people at 6X, they, they did a super job supporting us. So we're, we're very fortunate to get a good team together. And it's all been about the team. And, yeah, and what uh, you got, what you pulled off, man, I'm telling you. They're yeah, going to make a movie. I'm going to make it, a movie as, about as it. My, as my mother would say, it ain't over until it's over. So, True. True. so we'll, we'll feel like we pulled something off and they actually legislate change. Then we can uh, you know, get back to just making uh, business and you know, trying to Fing make a profit. Fingers crossed. So we, we can't have this conversation without talking about the great Wall Street bets, GameStop, short squeeze. Uh, yeah. So And here's a radically different approach. Save Canadian mining, lobbying, data, advocacy, multiple meetings, you know, the traditional way, right? Here comes Wall Street bets, three, four million members of its uh, of its Reddit, of its subreddit, and they decide to hell with these predatory shorts. They're 140% short on a stock, which is impossible. Let's kill them. Question. What do you think about what they did? A lot of traditional people think it was wrong, maybe even manipulative, maybe even illegal. You know, what's what's your view uh, when you saw that taking place? You know, I don't know enough about the legalities of these things, but I look at it as a moral thing and say, you know, if, I think as my perception is, is it started off as, a, as, as these guys saying, hey, you know, these guys have illegally shorted 140 percent, which should be not possible. And so they're 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 offside. So let's buy stock and squeeze them. That to me, on a moral basis, sounds like a reasonable deal. You know, I, I don't I don't have any problem with, with people you know observing stupid behavior and punishing people for it. Sure. Because because hey, the other guy does it to you all the time. So uh, he says, you know, you, you buy some stock promote that's up there, and they'll just whack it down and say, well, you're a dummy. You bought this thing. You should have done your due diligence. Well, it turns out these guys did their their due diligence, and. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't think they've gone around and colluded, you know, door to door. It, it seems to me like a general interest that's got a passion yeah. to do this. So I don't know what, you know, again, I'm not a lawyer and, and I don't want to speak at a turn, but morally for me, I, I don't have an issue with their approach. And, and I think it's uh, it's probably done a tremendous amount of good of exposing the, the absolute crap that's out there that happens all too often to individual investors and individual companies. I'll even chime in a little bit on the legal side, which is there's no collusion here because at the end of the day, it's a bunch of people in the chat forum. They really have no idea when a guy posts, I just bought 10,000 shares. Nobody knows if he actually did or not. Yeah, right? of course. Absolutely. Nobody knows if I turn around and sold it the next day. There's no collusion. It's just a bunch of people, great people, courageous, fired up, pissed <laughs> off, you know, put all of yeah. it together and said, and you know, they all moved together. You must have been thrilled to see that. Did you have any bad feelings at all for the fact that Melvin Capital lost 53%, so $13.5 billion, to make the math easy, pretty much $7 billion they lost just in the month of January? I did, I did not. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> you know, because nobody was crying when, when, when our mining stocks were plunging. You know, it was like sort of suck it up, buttercup. You know, that's you know, do a better job, find it on your first drill hole. You know, it's like, <laughs> it was only so easy, you know? So, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not the type of guy that wishes harm or badness on anybody. I wish everyone the best, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, I always try to treat people like you want to be treated yourself, you know? So, uh, but, you know, I, I think uh, this has exposed uh, an issue in the system. So 
the, these guys have done a tremendous job for capitalism in exposing a, a broken system. So the message here is don't shoot the guys that exposed it. Take their great learning and apply it and change the system for the better so that we can get a healthy system. Because if we have a healthy system, capitalism works better than anything else. And, and, and you, you, had, know, you had two kinds of reactions out of the elites. You had government, Congress and senators who said, let's look into this. There's a problem and we want to get to the bottom of this. As in, why are companies short selling to the tune of 140% of a company's float? But then you had Wall Street come out and say, this is wrong because A, it's manipulative. So we talked about that. B, the argument I really hate is retail investors don't know what they're doing. They're going to get hurt. They shouldn't be able to do things like this. I'm, I'm assuming what I, I know your reaction to Congress, which is great. What's yeah. your reaction to Wall Street when they say, hey, George and Terry don't know what the hell they're doing. We shouldn't be allowing this and we should be regulating this kind of behavior. Yeah, well, they don't have any problem when they're trying to sell us Enron, when we're, 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 we're all euphoric about buying Enron or all the crap we've bought from these guys over the years. So it's got to work both ways. You can't be sucking and blowing, you know, so it, 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 it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I will, I, will, I will add in, I hate the, the argument, which is retail investors are going to get hurt. This stock is going to crash. And a lot of people are going to get hurt. And I'll tell you, there are two reasons why I hate it. One, we don't know what's going to happen to the stock at the end of the day. It's no. a market. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if GameStop was, was back down to $50 a share in a month. I wouldn't be surprised about that. But what the fallacy in their logic is that they assume that George bought the stock at $350 a share and wrote it all the way down to $50 a share. They don't give any respect to the fact that retail investors are going to manage their positions accordingly. So maybe right. I did buy $350 a share, but I'm out at 335 and maybe Terry bought at 335 and he's out at 320. So yeah, we're taking some losses, but this fallacy of George Mortgage's house to buy stock at 350 yeah. and wrote that's, it all the way down to $5 again is bullshit. Yeah, mostly being done to in hopes that they can uh, get the uh, you know regulators to come in and save their ass you know, and unwind the trade. You know, that's that's really what they're hoping. And it doesn't they, sound like it. Me, they're what the, crocodile uh, tears the from the retail guys from the hedge funds. And it doesn't sound like it, right? From what the U.S. senators and Congress are talking about there. They want to look at the hedge fund activity, not at the investors activity. Well, and I think that's finally, that's, that's where it should be. You know, I mean, again, I mean, I'm sure there's many fine hedge fund people out there that are actually, you know, uh, appropriately investing and in, in, in doing, you sure. know, uh, proper work but you know these guys tried to take shortcuts have been taking advantage of situations over the years got greedy now they're going to pay the price and that's that's called capitalism and, and there shouldn't be we should be bailing those guys out for melbourne <laughs> yeah no, do you think no, there's no, a one-off terry do you think this one -off where the uh, you know retail investors have amalgamated today it's wall street bets maybe tomorrow will be somewhere else and are going to continue fighting this? And if so, do you think that's healthy? Yeah, I think it's healthy, uh, you know, until there's a change because, you know, it, it's, it's uh, it, you know, uh, you've often heard about holding your contractor, you know, to his contract or holding people's feet to the fire to finish their job. And it's like, you know what, 
the legislators are, are, are great for saying, oh, we're going to look after that. But the execution is, is often, you know, where they fall short. So I, I got no problems with them continuing on their uh, merry way of, 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 of identifying the, the, you know, the ridiculous situation in the market until there's a correction, until they actually make the changes that will make sure this doesn't happen and that we do have fair and transparent markets. Yeah, these imbalances, you've got to, if you woke up, if you woke up today, you've, we've got Lynch George Fund and we're overly short on something, way off in balance. We've got to almost be, we've got to start thinking and looking at each other and say, maybe we should start covering this position because if they, yeah. if they turn yeah. their sights on us, we could lose 50% of our, uh, of our fund in a month. Yeah. One of, one of our safe Canadian mining guys sent me a, uh, uh, interview with uh, one of the legendary short sellers. And, and he said, and like, and this is why I say I'm not against short selling because this guy was one of the guys whose name just slipping my mind for a second, but you know, it was one of the top five or six guys like Einhorn and people like that who actually look at, you know, bullshit businesses that somehow grew big that, you know, on, on a lot of dubious, uh, you know, uh, numbers and they call them out and then they alchemy save you know a, a lot of people a lot of money by doing that and stopping the the lies and and, and crap so those guys have a valuable role to play in the capital system so there's there's nothing wrong with those short sure. okay and, and but he he was he was a pretty sharp guy and he said, said there's three buckets that's one bucket very small bucket and he says he says he said unfortunately now my friends, because he's, he's more retired, he said they're getting tired with that brush, you know. So he said that's sort of tough on them. But he says, you know, the, the guys that are the smash and grab guys, he says those guys deserve the the book to be thrown at them. And I, I, I think that's 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 fair. So so you know, some you know, pendulum in, in politics and economics swings both ways, you know. Um, so this is finally a swing coming back to hopefully transparency, free enterprise you know, a proper personal responsibility. And that would be, uh, that would be a welcome change. Yeah. I didn't think about this, but I'm going to add this on as, as a question. Do you think that this has had an impact on the CSA, the Canadian Security Association, OSC, IROC, provincial ministries of finance who are saying, you know what, Terry and Save Canadian Mining have been telling us this is a problem for years and they've showed us the data and wow, now this is front page news. Billions of dollars are being are being decimated out of short sellers' funds and so on and so forth. Maybe, maybe we need to take an even maybe we need to get ahead of this and show some leadership. Do you think this actually may have been a that's gift? Our, that's honestly, George, that's what we're hopeful for. I mean, because again, when we started this, you know, uh, you know, all we wanted to do was to make some changes and then move on with our life. Because you know, this is again, I'm not. I'm not a lobbyist for fun. It's generally not a fun job. So, uh, you know, but if, 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 if this movement can help us get this, these rule changes and implement it and actually get a really healthy, vibrant capital market system here in Ontario, which we should have, uh, we could create a lot of value for our province, our, our, our citizens and, and uh, you know, ourselves. So it would be really a great outcome. And you know what? The cities provinces in this country need it now more than ever given My what's God. happened T totally man totally. we need junior resource companies and junior tech companies and junior bio biopharma yeah. bioscience companies yeah to thrive 
or die on their own. Yes. But what we don't need right now when jobs are so precious, economic uh, activity, tax revenue is so precious, a bunch of freaking guys in the Cayman Islands or somewhere else with these short funds that are just smashing people with a bigger deck illegally just because they got a bigger deck of, uh, of chips and then, and then running. So, man, thanks a lot again for everything you've done. Thanks for what you guys did to make to, to drive that first stake in the ground with the with the OSCs and IROC bounty letter on October 1st. Thank you for what you've done to get the CSA to make these recommendations just 10 days ago. And you know, sometimes everything is serendipitous. Maybe you're maybe everything happens for a reason. And right at the peak of your efforts and advocacy when decisions are being made and you're starting to get some movement, you also get the gift of Wall Street bets, GameStop really shining the most, the biggest light in the planet on it. And you might have a bunch of, you know, a bunch of regulators saying, yeah, you, you we got to get know, ahead of this. Business, Terry's been business, right all along, man. In, in business, George, it's far better to be lucky. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you, hey, you but know, you have to be prepared and you got to be prepared. You know, it's, it's like my father used to say, the harder he works, the luckier he gets. So I think there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of that too, but but we're certainly hopeful that this uh, uh, Wall Street bets focus will translate into you know great legislative change here in Ontario and uh, across Canada, so that we can uh, you know be the the junior capital markets that really are the enemy of the world because that's really what we could be, and that would be phenomenal because we, we've got everything else you know. But if we could get that eradicated, but then we could really rock. And, and Lord knows. Uh, in the post-COVID world, we're going to need all the help we can get. To everyone at home, um, you've been watching or listening to Terry Lynch. He's the founder of Save Canadian Mining, which is also backed by some pretty tremendous people. Uh, and he'll tell you that first. Uh, but because of their efforts, take a look at what the TSX Venture Index has done since October 1st. I had the number in front of me earlier, but I think it's up 33 and a half or 35% since then as a result. And guys, I'm going to tell you straight up, Terry's not going to say it or he's going to be, he's going to have, he's going to be humble about it, but they just wouldn't have got there. The OSC and IROC and CSA just would not have got there if it wasn't for the efforts of Save Canadian Mining to show data, a lot of analysis that proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was taking place. So thank you, Terry. Thanks to everyone at home who's been watching and listening. Make sure you come back for the next one because you know, we might see some changes that'll change the nature of junior Canadian markets for the next decade. And let's hope for that. Thanks for joining us. You know, George, just before you go, uh, sure. uh, one, one, one last thing, you know, we're up 33%. The research that we did just, just, just to show, showed that, you know, in fact, historically Canadian stocks on the mining side used to run uh, basically at or slightly above the commodity index. So in metals and mining index would run slightly at or above the mining index. Since the tick test went out, it's now it's 35%. So 65% below. So stocks don't have to triple. So we're up 33%. Brother, there's a long ways to go. So I'll leave you with that thought. Perfect way to leave it, Terry, from your mouth to the market's ears. And, uh, and I don't doubt that for a second. Thanks for joining us, Terry. Everyone at home, Watch, listen, stay vigilant, 
And, uh, and hopefully we're going to get a great result here in the next couple of months to officially drive it home from a legislative point of view. Make sure you get yourself over to Save Canadian Mining. Uh, then, uh, uh, Terry, SaveCanadianMining.com, right? There it is. SaveCanadianMining.com. Please join, join, the, join the force, you know, and, and uh, help out if you can. And, uh, you know, please, uh, it's, you know, it, as we've seen in the U.S., the power of the individual is, is enormous when they work together. So there you go. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. See you next time. Cheers.